Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Today we have a crazy malicious compliance story involving a plastic surgeon. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, Burger King drive through speaker is heard by employees throughout the whole kitchen. Back in the 90s, when I worked at a Burger King, they piped in the audio from the drive through customers into the kitchen so we could hear their orders. Usually we just went about our day and followed the tickets, but whenever a customer would act out, we would get a little silly with their orders. For instance, one customer asked for extra ketchup on their Whopper a little too hard. By the time I was done, you could see a massive ketchup ring around the burger from the outside of the wrapper. One day, a customer was being a little too extra and asked for everything we have back here as a topping for their Whopper. So I obliged. Literally. I put every single food item we had on this burger. Every condiment, every veggie, every meat. I put bacon, a chicken patty, a fish patty. This thing was massive. We never heard any complaint from the customer, so I guess we let them have it their way. I think this is one of those levels of malicious compliance where you give them more than they were asking for to a degree where they can't even complain because you complied so hard. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is... So I'm not allowed text documents for descriptions? Okay, I'll code my own. I'm a programming student, and we had an upcoming test where we were allowed to refer to our previous projects we coded as long as we knew exactly how it works. No searching up random code on the internet. Because all of our projects had to have very specific names, I asked if we were allowed to use a text document so I could type out what each project did. And while the teacher understood why I was asking, he explained that I wasn't allowed to use anything except the programs themselves, or the detector would instantly fail me. I then asked if I could make a new program with, in comments, the descriptions of the projects, which he also didn't allow. So I decided to program a simple text document with scrolling, one of my first times with that programming language by the way, so I could get a description of my projects. The teacher saw it and, while slightly upset, he was mostly impressed and allowed me using it on the test because I was able to explain exactly how everything worked. As great as the story is, isn't a big part of being a good coder being able to search up random code on the internet? Isn't Google Foo one of the best weapons a coder can have? Our next story is, I don't get commission. I used to work for a national soda company. My job was to make sure our items were always well stocked on the shelves and work new product into stores on load days. I didn't make the orders. A different sales guy was supposed to swing by twice per week and take stock, conference with the manager about upcoming sales, etc. One thing I found out is that the sales guy could make a commission if they pushed out more than the average product count and or getting a store to accept new inventory they previously didn't stock. This is the reason why they always ordered way too much stuff, but that's another story. Anyways, there's this one store way out in the boonies for this tiny little community. It's a 45 minute drive from the rest of the area we service. My boss only has me go there twice a week. Sales guy decides it's a waste of time to go out there and tells me to take the order. 
I tell him that's not my job and I haven't been trained on the software. He tells me to just phone it into the warehouse. I know he has not run this by my boss. There's no way he would have ever signed off on this. Cue malicious compliance. Our total shelf space at the store is 20 feet of shelves. We have space for maybe 40 12 packs. I get on the phone with the warehouse and make my order. I order 26 pallets of product, the most that can fit in a truck. The warehouse supervisor chuckles as I do this as he's already figured out how this will end. I get a call from the sales guy on delivery day. I shrug and was like, what's the problem? You just made a ton of commission and hang up. Then I get a call from my boss. He doesn't say a word other than the driver needs help moving product back into the trailer for buyback. I could feel his grin through the phone. Our next story is electronics store power trip. When I first started working, I got a job at a large electronics store. We had a manager that was on a total power trip 24-7. He was never very accommodating of anything and always went out of his way to make things worse for everyone. Eventually, I decided to get a tattoo that meant a lot to me. I thought about it a lot and one of my family members decided to get one with me. I got the tattoo on my left wrist. It's around 3 inches in diameter. Most people didn't notice it at first. Since we wear short sleeve shirts as part of our uniform, my new tattoo was exposed. After a few days of working with my manager, he noticed my tattoo and told me it was unacceptable. It isn't vulgar language or anything offensive, but he thought tattoos were not professional. He told me it was required to wear long sleeves anytime I was working. The long sleeves that they offer are sweaters. I was responsible for unloading truck shipments and it would get around 100 plus degrees inside the truck in the summer. Regardless, he made sure that I wore long sleeves. One day, I asked if I could cover it with an armband. He said that would be fine. That night, I went online and purchased an armband that had the exact same logo on it. My next shift, I wore it and placed the logo directly over my tattoo. This made the logo even more obvious. Since it was music related and we sold that artist's CDs in the store, there's pretty much nothing he could say. When he saw it, he glared at me for a good 5 minutes. He literally didn't say anything. I could tell he was ready to implode. This was almost 15 years ago, and it makes me so happy thinking about it to this day. He eventually changed the store's policy on the required work hours, which led to me losing my job. I could tell he was happy about that, but... I could care less at that point. Oh well. All I can say is, is it should be just pretty much darn near illegal for you to force long sleeves on somebody that has to work in 100 plus degree trucks. Shoot, I don't know, it might be. Our next story is, pull the door logs? Screw you, pay me. I've done cleared contract work for more than 20 years. One downside of cleared work is that there is no sneaking in late or out early, as everything is locked. A few years ago, I discovered that one upside is also that everything is logged. I was hired onto a five-year contract, and for the first four, everything was fine. I rode the train to work, did my required 40 hours, went home, and had no problems. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Into year five, the same thing happens that always happens in contacts. People start to leave. This isn't unusual, as the end of a contract holds some uncertainty, so people will find another new contract to move on to so that they don't have to worry about it. Unfortunately, the immediate effect is that the workload shifts to the people that stay and things start to slip. Why not hire more people? Nobody wants to come onto a contract that's in its last year. Well, on this contract, I stayed because I liked the customer and intended to ride out the final year shenanigans. Things started to fall behind, we were down from 15 engineers to 5, and the customer complained that the company was not meeting their contract obligation. What did the company do to fix this? Offer hiring bonuses? Pay overtime? Make lucrative offers for people to stay? Nay, they called in their ball-busting, everybody-is-inherently-lazy boomer project manager to handle things. From day one, Boomer Manager tells everyone that our lack of progress by five people on more than 100 active projects is simply a time management issue, and he threatens to pull the door logs to see who is actually at work for eight hours a day. I figured he was bluffing, and I didn't worry because, having been on the train schedule for four years, I knew that every day I'd been in the building from seven to four, except for occasionally walking down the street to grab lunch. The key point here is that being a contractor, I couldn't work overtime without authorization. So for four years, I had just put 40 hours a week on my timesheet. You may see where this is going. 
The fateful day comes when BM actually pulls the door logs and two of our engineers get a talking to about their time in the building and how claiming 40 hours without being there for 40 is fraud. I was upset by this because everybody that was left was working very hard and the two guys BM had confronted had been working on coop projects at our offsite location for years. So unless he pulled those logs as well, he didn't, they would be short. So what did I do? I stopped by BM's office and asked what my door totals were. He told me that I was fine and not to worry about it. I told him I just wanted to be sure my time in matched my timesheet, as I didn't want to get caught in timesheet fraud. Again, he said not to worry about it. So I headed down to see my buddy Tony in security and he pulled my logs for me. Next week, I walked into BM's office, closed the door and told him I had a problem. I had pulled my door logs and over the last 4 years, I had averaged almost 44 hours a week in the office, but had only ever charged 40. I had almost 800 hours of unreported labor and didn't know what to do about that. He told me not to worry about it. It wasn't a big deal. Next step, I contacted our company rep and explained the situation to her. She did not think it wasn't a big deal. In the end, I signed an NDA, but BM got removed from his role. I bought our whole team beers and lunch, and a memo went out to the team telling us to specifically charge what we worked, even if it had some overtime. If this guy only got fired, they should be grateful that that happened to them because they were literally breaking the law. Our next story is, just run the ethernet cables next to the high voltage electrical cables. A little while ago, I was walking next to a manufacturing line when I saw something off. An employee was running long, unshielded ethernet cables in an undersurface cable trench that had 480 volt three-phase power cables. Lift the metal plates to access them. We had elevated cable trays specifically for data cables So, I found it strange that they were about to subject the Ethernet cables to unimaginable levels of electromagnetic interference. There are plenty of articles and Reddit threads advising against having Ethernet cables running parallel to 120 volt power cables, except for very short runs. I asked who his supervisor was, and then went off to talk to the guy. Just following the network overhaul plan was the answer that I got. As they continued installing more of those cables in the power cable trenches, including 240 volt ones, I eventually found an IT engineer who was involved with the project. They said that the project lead noticed that they could reduce the quantity of required Ethernet cable spools if they used the shorter undersurface trenches instead of the data cable trays. Apparently the rest of the IT staff were fed up with that person from months of working with them, so after getting the project lead's idea in writing, they didn't try very hard with pushing back on that idea. Eventually, I saw them remove the ethernet cables from those power cable trenches. The fallout I heard was the project lead is probably not going to be allowed to be in charge of future projects for a while, and there was an overhaul of how the IT department verifies cable installations. So, while I totally understand why the IT team would do this malicious compliance, I wonder if there's like a stern talking to to be had here. I mean, I guess they could all claim ignorance, but if somebody reviews it and has knowledge of what went wrong here, it probably should be expected that the IT team themselves knew it as well. Our next story is, you want the plastic surgeon? If you insist. For context, this takes place at a large academic center in Canada, 
where it's very common to have residents performing basic procedures. I once got a call as a senior resident from an emergency physician apologizing for consulting us for an irate woman with a small laceration on her hand, insisting that a plastic surgeon come to fix her right now. Of course, this was well within his scope of practice, but despite telling the patient this, she refused to allow just an emergency doc to fix the wound. He explains the situation, and I decided this would be an excellent opportunity for malicious compliance as well as teaching my junior resident. So I tell him not to worry, I'll be down when we finish in the OR in a few hours. So I go down to see the patient with my junior, who just happens to be an off-service emergency resident. I examine the patient and explain to the now impatient woman that Dr. Junior Resident would be fixing her hand. Keep in mind by this point, she's been waiting a few hours longer than she would have if she had let the emergency doc fix her. So ironically, instead of having her hand fixed by an emergency physician who has likely done thousands of these, she has it done by a junior emergency resident who has done like two or three. And of course, I was there the entire time to ensure the resident did a satisfactory job, so it was more work for myself in the end, but I did enjoy the irony of the situation. I just would love if OP went out of their way to really make sure that this person knew that Dr. Junior Resident here was simply an emergency resident, not a plastic surgeon. Although in all fairness for the lady in her situation, knowing that the plastic surgeon was there and overseeing it, hopefully that would probably be more than enough to make her happy in the end regardless. Even if they're not themselves doing it, they know that it's supervised by the person they want it to be. This person kind of still got what they wanted in the end. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.